the world seems to be going mad. And this is nothing new. The stock market is reacting to a litany of issues and is plunged into bear market territory. 20% down and more. The media, aptly named the Financial Pornography Network by Carl Richards, is howling about the crisis and prognosticating about how bad it can get. And I'm sitting here excited about what all this truly means. The opportunity of a lifetime. In this episode, we're going to talk about how a bear market is not a crisis, but instead a bear market is an opportunity. So first, a bear market is not a crisis. And you've likely heard the shrieking of the media on the current crisis du jour. Statements like, this is the worst start of the year since 1939, and the like. Statements like this, of course, completely ignore that we're coming off of three straight years of double-digit returns, 20-plus on average. And if you end the year at an all-time high, then really it makes sense that it would be going down from that point. But that doesn't matter to the media. All they care about is that it bleeds, it leads, titles they can get. The howling will only get worse, too, as we plunge more into a bear market. So before we get into the opportunity, we need a refresher on market declines and how we ought to think about them. Bear markets, a 20% decline in the value of the stock market, are common as dirt. They happen every five years on average, though not like clockwork. If they happened that regularly, then we would all be bajillionaires because we would know exactly when to get in and out of the market. We, of course, don't because they're not exactly timed, but they do average one in five years. The declines are part of the volatility, and the volatility is what generates our returns. I repeat, this is where we earn our returns. Bear markets, being able to endure the downside of the volatility, is where we earn our returns. We need the volatility to generate superior returns. Flat interest rates and guaranteed growth must always be lower than equity returns. That's how they can guarantee it is they can offer something that is suboptimal. No one complains about the upward volatility, right? No one griped when the S&P 500 generated 28% return in 2019, over 18% in 2020, and a 22% annualized return in 2021. For three years, averaging over 20%. No one was griping about those upswings in the market. Or do we just forget about all that? It's only when the market descends that people panic and think they are losing money. And that is a key distinction, one we must hit over and over again. And so while you will have heard some of these things before, if you've been a long-time listener, it bears repeating so that it gets down into the core of your belief. And that is this. There is a world of difference between a decline in value and a loss of money. Again, there is a world of difference between a decline in value and a loss of money. The value of the best businesses in the world, as measured by what people are willing to pay for them, i.e. the stock market, has declined from the all-time high. Of course, it can't always be at an all-time high, and so it always must decline in some way from an all-time high before recovering and creating a new all-time high. But just because it has declined, this does not mean that you have lost money. If 
the value of your home goes down a bit when a housing market slows, does this mean that you have lost money? If at one point you could have sold it for 300000 and then later you get it appraised again and you could only have sold it for 280000 does this mean that you have lost money on your house, especially if you bought it for 150000 many years ago? Of course not. Neither do you panic about it because you don't see that decline. There isn't a value over the top of the door in your house that you look at every single time you get home that tells you the current market value of your home. And it's a good thing too, otherwise you would never be at ease about the value of your home. But because we can see it in the value of our investments, of the best businesses in the world that we own, it does create anxiety. We panic out of equities because we can constantly see their values changing and we have very short-term memory loss. If it isn't at an all-time high, we think we're losing money. But that is not losing money. The only way to lose money is to sell equities when they are down. You then turn a temporary decline into a permanent loss. This is a natural part of owning the best businesses in the world. And if you cannot stomach a recurring, albeit temporary, drop in value every five years with the help of a tough-loving and empathetic behavioral investment advisor, you cannot be an equity investor. If you can't stomach the downs, you cannot be in for the ups. You cannot be an equity investor, nor a bond investor, as we've seen and which we covered a couple of weeks ago. Bonds have done poorly in this rising interest rate as well, losing between 15 and 25% on par with equity losses. And if you cannot stomach those losses, then I guess you must keep your money in cash to be ravaged by inflation. Since cash is clearly the worst long-term solution of all time, you must endure the downturns. You must. We don't have a choice. And the best way to do that is to ignore the news and to keep a steady diet of belief and behavior-reinforcing messages to stay the course. That's what we're here for. It's okay to be scared. Let me say that again. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be anxious. Those are natural. That's normal. Those are human emotions to seeing the value of your account, which we have accustomed to being at an all-time high, dip below that even if it's still above where it was even a couple years ago. That's normal. It's a human emotion. What's not okay is to act on that fear. What's not okay is to sell out, to try to change your plan or your policy in the middle of a market downturn. Fear is not a good investment policy. We don't know when this bear market will end. All we know is that it will end if the weight of history is any guide. Which brings us to the good side of the coin. A bear market is not a crisis. No, a bear market is an opportunity. And there are two main opportunities tied to bear markets. The first is to buy low in a bear market to capture the recovery. Buy low to capture the recovery. Buy low and sell high is the mantra of the investor. And as we've covered before, while traders and speculators believe this means buying and selling over short periods of time, we investors know this means buying whenever we can and selling a long time from now when it is worth many multiples of what we bought it for. 
Well, the market is relatively low compared to what it was at its all-time high. How many of you have looked back in the past at the COVID crash or the great financial crisis or the dot-com crisis and wished that you had invested at the bottom? You see what you would have made on the recovery and you dream of the what-ifs. We have no idea where the bottom of this market will be, but we know that it is on sale now. And here's an important point. The recovery is worth more than the decline. The recovery is worth more than the decline because it takes a larger recovery to make up for a decline. If $100 loses 20%, it loses $20 and is worth $80, right? Easy math. But if the $80 gains 20%, it only gains $16 and thus only gets back to $96. It takes a 25% gain to make up for a 20% loss. It takes a 33% gain to make up for a 25% loss and a 43% gain to make up for a 30% loss. So the greater the loss, the exponentially greater the recovery will be. And people always look at that as a negative, that hey, if we lose this money and you're invested, then you know lose it, quote unquote, again, which is a wrong way to look at it. But they look at it that way. And if we've lost this money, if we've lost 20%, then look at the, look at the amount that it's going to take for it to come back. And yet it always does. And what they don't see is the opportunity in that required gain. Whether we bottom out here at 20% or it continues to drop further before it rebounds, any investment in the market at this point will eventually see superior returns. And I hate that I even have to do this, but obviously there's no guarantees of the future. I can't guarantee anything will come back. Nobody can. We also can't guarantee we won't get nuked tomorrow or that the tornado won't take out our house. Nothing about the future is guaranteed And because there are so many litigious, happy people out there that would love to sue people over anything that they think is a guarantee that doesn't come to pass, we got to throw out these dumb disclaimers. Hopefully that's not you, but there it is. We can know from history that this will come back. And if it's on sale this much now, it will come back stronger. When will it rebound? Who knows? Does it matter? No, it doesn't. Whether it takes 6, 12, 18, or 24 months to recover, earning 25% plus over that time frame is fantastic. Right? If you could get 25% in 6 months, would you do it? Sure. What about over 12? Yep, I would take 25% return in a year. Absolutely. 18 months? Sure, why not? 24, that's still over 12% annualized returns. The returns will be fantastic just on the recovery alone, let alone when it eventually creates a new all-time high. There seems to be some kind of historical correlation between how fast the market drops and how fast it rebounds. For, so, for example, with the dot-com bubble, when it from the, the high point before in 2000 down to the lowest point of the drop from peak a trough is what it's called, the peak before the trough, which is the bottom in the middle of. It was 25 months of going down with some volatility in there, but that's the peak to trough, 25 months from top to the bottom. And then it took 50 months to come from the trough up to a full recovery. This is for the S&P 500. Okay. For the global financial crisis, 
was 18 months down and 36 months to come up. And with the COVID crash, it went down in a month, right? 33, 30 days to lose 33%, something like that. And only five months to come up. Faster down periods means faster up periods. And of course, that doesn't mean that will always happen that way, but it has over the last three. And we are six and a half months into a decline right now. And they've talked about, you know, this being the worst since 1939, all that, like, uh, ongoing weeks of of bad returns. So if we're nearing the bottom, the recovery also may be so fast that if you're considering trying to get out and waiting for it to bottom, that recovery might be so fast that you are likely to miss it. You are likely to be outside, stuck at the bottom when the market does recover, leaving you behind. And there's another reason to invest now is that we may never have an opportunity to buy at this price ever again. We may never, ever have an opportunity to buy at this price ever again. This bear market might be the last time you can buy the S&P 500 under 4,000. When it recovers, it will likely never drop below that point ever again. Before the great financial crisis, the S&P 500 got into $1,500 and it dropped way down. And are we ever going to see that again? We're going to see $1,500, the the pre-global financial crisis high, not even close. You can never buy at that price again. In the COVID crash, the S&P 500 went down underneath $2,500 and then came back. Will we ever be able to buy it at that price ever again? Probably not. Probably not. And with this, this may be the last opportunity in your entire life to buy under 4000 Because that S&P 500 will eventually top 5000 and 10000 and beyond. And you will look back like we do now at the S&P 500 when we could have bought it at 1500 before the great financial crisis and wish we had invested. This is not a crisis. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. And if you have cash or other short-term investments, and if it fits into your overall financial plan to invest those in the market, there is a flash sale going on right now. There's a limited time, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get in while it's slow. And perhaps you should take that opportunity. With, of course, it fitting into your plan and seeking any advice that you need to, to do that. But what if you don't have any excess cash lying around right now? What if you already invested in equities and they're all down right now and you don't can't take advantage of this opportunity to invest? Which would not be a bad thing, by the way, because that means, again, if you had all your money invested in equities, that means, again, like we talked about earlier, you've captured three straight years averaging 20% annualized returns, which is not a bad thing. And anyone who's been in bonds for years and years and years thinking that a 60-40 portfolio or something therein is a better investment strategy they will not have as much money as you with the same amount in because so much of their investments have a leg behind yours. So it's okay if everything you have is invested in equities and you don't have anything outside of that to invest in it now when it's down. Do not want to beat up on you because you are farther ahead than most people. But what else can you do? And so here's the other opportunity that a bear market presents, and that is that you can complete Roth conversions in a bear market to maximize your lower tax brackets. 
Whether you should do Roth conversions or not is beyond the scope of this episode, right? We're not going to get into all that. We already covered it in episode 44 back in November. And you should definitely consult with your comprehensive financial planner and tax advisor on whether it makes sense for you to do Roth conversions in general. But assuming that you should, bear markets are the best time to do it. And here's two quick points, right? First, there is no limit on the amounts you can convert from your IRA, which is all pre-tax, to Roth, which is all tax-free. There are contribution limits, not conversion limits. So I've had a number of people that have asked, like, you know, can we, you know, isn't there some limit on the conversion? Can't we only do 6000 or whatever it is? And it's, no, that's on contributions, not conversions. You can convert as much as you want. And second, you don't have to convert cash. You can convert shares of the existing securities that you have. So if you're already invested in equities in your IRA and the value that is down, you can take this opportunity to convert those to Roth. And you can convert a greater amount of shares from your IRA to your Roth when the shares are worth less, like in a bear market. So let's say, as an example, you wanted to convert $100,000 from your IRA to a Roth. But doing so would cross you over from the 24% tax bracket to the 32% tax bracket for federal taxes. Suppose that only $70,000 would be taxed at 24% and the remaining the 30,000 would be taxed at 32%. That that means you would end up paying $1,800 more in taxes on that last 30 grand, right? You still have the full amount, but you'd be paying even more on that last bit. But if the value of those securities had temporarily dropped by 30%, they would now be worth $70,000 which means that you could convert the whole amount inside the 24% tax bracket, right? You could have, that, That's the amount that would fit under there before if you converted the whole hundred grand worth of securities, $30,000 would be over. But now that it's all below, it's only now it's only worth 70,000 in total. You can fit the whole thing inside the 24% bracket. And when it recovers back to 100,000 and beyond, it will have done so tax-free. You take the losses when it's still pre-tax before you uh, convert it, and then you convert it, and then when it recovers and you have those fantastic gains over however, whoever knows how long, they're still going to be fantastic, it will do that tax-free. Right? So bear markets present an opportunity to convert more shares at a lower tax rate and save taxes. Of course, you want to consult your financial planner about whether it makes sense for you to complete Roth conversions, but that is a fabulous opportunity for many people to do it. And if this is a good opportunity for you and, and your advisor's not brought it up to you or you're doing it yourself and you've not thought about it, you might want to wonder how many other opportunities you are missing. Bear markets are not crises. They are opportunities. And remember, as legendary financial advisor Nick Murray says, all failed investing involves constantly reacting to the market. And all successful investing involves continually acting on a plan. Have a plan and stick to the plan. If you enjoyed that, you would love being part of our free membership community. It's called Retire Membership. And there's a host of benefits all for free. 
For example, you can always buy my book, 3D Retirement Income on Amazon. But if you join us at Retirement Membership, we will send you either a hard copy or paperback for free, provide the ebook and the audiobook so that you can listen to it if you don't have time to read it. In addition to that, we'll also provide you with a bunch of content that you can't get anywhere else. For example, we have our quarterly retire mentorship magazine, which comes out quarterly and has no ads whatsoever. It's just timely content to help you stay the course. We also have workbooks for our free online workshop to help you get the most out of those, flowcharts to help you make better decisions, and a weekly email to provide timely content that you can unsubscribe from at any time. We never ask for any payment information, and we never share your information with anyone else. We just want to provide timely content and help you stay the course to retire successfully and stay successfully retired. There's no reason to wait, so join us now at retiremembership.com, or you can click in the link in the description, and it'll go right there. We can't wait to see you in the community. Cheers. This podcast is educational only and is not investment, tax, or legal advice.